Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll hear again the second portion of our gospel reading starting at verse 9. Be on your guard. People will hand you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues. You will stand in the presence of rulers and kings for my sake as a witness to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all nations. Whenever they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand what you should say. Say whatever is given to you in that hour, because you will not be the one speaking. Instead, it will be the Holy Spirit. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Today we're celebrating the fact that God has seen to it that the good news of the gospel has been proclaimed from the time of Jesus until now. By enabling people to stand up for Jesus, to stand firm in their faith and to give witness to the truth, even when they were brought before very powerful people who had their lives in their hands. We celebrate because if it had not been for those truths, we wouldn't be here today. We can never thank God enough for enabling us to hear the gospel and giving the Holy Spirit to empower us to believe that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus alone. As we celebrate that wonderful fact, we don't want to take the truth of the gospel for granted. We're reminded that we too now are the ones who need to stand up for Jesus and give witness to the truth. So that gospel is continuing to be proclaimed to the end of time. Jesus says to his disciples who, like us, had the privilege to know him and to believe that he was their savior, keep watching. Be on your guard always. See, Satan's not going to be happy when you believe in Jesus. He's not going to be happy if you're moved to stand up for Jesus and to give witness to the truth of the gospel. He's going to do all he can to stop you. Jesus says he's going to raise up false teachers to oppose you, even giving them the ability to perform counterfeit miracles to lead people away from the truth, maybe to lead you away from God. He's going to stir up trouble, even among your family and your friends. He's going to make it difficult for you to stand up for him. You might even be accused of hate crimes. You might even be accused of speaking against the government for just standing up for your faith. Jesus warns them. He warns us in advance. If you stand up for Jesus, you can expect trouble in your lives. The disciples saw that in the life of Jesus. Remember certainly one occasion where he was in the synagogue in Nazareth, his hometown, his home synagogue where he grew up. Friends and neighbors were there, family was there, maybe his brothers were there. And he read from Isaiah the beautiful words that foretold the Messiah and the joy that the Messiah would bring and the healing that the Messiah would bring. But when he said, today this scripture is fulfilled, I'm that Messiah. Instead of rejoicing with him, They dragged him out of the synagogue and tried to throw him off a cliff. 
disciples saw the way that people reacted to Jesus. And Jesus says, watch yourselves, be on your guard. If they hated me, they will hate you too. Today, more than ever, we need to remember what Jesus did. We need to be aware, be on our guard, because it seems there are more false prophets, false teachers than there ever have been especially those who are wolves in sheep's clothing who quote scripture and trying to imply that if only we would be better at standing up for Jesus, then nothing bad would happen to us. Just the opposite of what Jesus said. When we're excited about the fact that we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus, that eternal life is ours, the punishment that we deserve has been taken away, and we're excited to share that with others, we often find that they're not very excited either. In fact, not only do they not believe it, but they turn in hostility against us. They may have hatred against us for standing up for Jesus and for sharing the gospel. And we're tempted to question whether that's true. We're tempted to maybe even become like Peter and deny that we even know Jesus. Watch out, Jesus says. When trouble comes your way on account of him, don't give in to the temptation to be quiet. Don't give in to the temptation to keep your faith to yourselves. Remember the promise of Jesus. Whoever stands firm to the end will be saved. Remember that he has a plan for you. That even if you are brought before very powerful people who have their, your life in their hands, he's put you there. Look at Look at it as an opportunity. He's put you there so that you can give witness, so you can stand up for Jesus and tell them the good news of the gospel. Jesus himself was brought before powerful people, the Sanhedrin, before kings and princes, Herod, Pilate. When he was brought before them, he gave a faithful witness in our place as our substitute. He didn't hesitate to tell the truth. He told Pilate, yes, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. I'm not a threat to Caesar. He told the members of the Sanhedrin, yes, I am the Christ, the promised Messiah, the Son of the living God, and whether you believe it or not, one day you'll see me coming at the right hand of the Father in glory on the last day. Jesus witnessed faithfully in our place. And when Peter and John were arraigned by the Sanhedrin, they stood up for Jesus. They said that healing that was performed, it was done in the name of Jesus. And there's no other name other than the name of Jesus by which we can be saved. Or think of Stephen. He faithfully witnessed and stood up for Jesus. In fact, he reviewed pretty much the whole history of the Old Testament, pointing out how faithful God had been and how unfaithful the people had been and he didn't really get to finish because he said, well, you're just like your forefathers. You're resisting the Holy Spirit still today. And they dragged him out and stoned him to death. Paul witnessed before governors, Felix and Festus, and before King Agrippa. And King Agrippa responded to the witness that Paul gave by saying, do you really think, Paul, you can convince me to become a Christian in such a short time? Short or long, Paul said, I pray that you will. 
He was sent off to stand trial before Caesar himself. The Bible doesn't record for us what he said, but he later writes to the Philippians and sends the Philippians greetings from the members of Caesar's household who believe. In all these cases, all these examples, Jesus was keeping his promise. He was enabling these people to stand up for him, to hold firmly to the truth, to give witness to the truth that Jesus is the one and only Savior. So what does that have to do with our celebration of Reformation? Martin Luther lived under the government of the Holy Roman Empire of the German nation. He was brought before the emperor himself, Charles V. It was demanded that he recant, that he take back anything that he had said about salvation by grace through faith in Jesus or be declared an enemy of the church and state. What a temptation he must have faced to do that, to be quiet. To think to himself, I've, I've got a wife and children to take care of. Let God choose someone else to stand up for Jesus. All the examples that we've heard, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Peter and John, the Apostle Paul, Stephen. All those examples must have given him strength. How he must have prayed that Jesus would fulfill his promise that when you stand before powerful people, don't worry about what you have to say because it were given to you. He must have prayed that God would keep that promise, that he would give him the strength and he would give him the words, the Holy Spirit would guide him in what he would do and say. And we know what he said. Unless you can convince me from scriptures or from sound reason that what I said about salvation by grace through faith in Jesus is wrong, here I stand, solidly on the scriptures. I can do one no other. God help me. Amen. When you think about what Luther did, what he risked, how he stood up for Jesus in that council where he had been threatened, it's inspiring. We want to say, that's what I want to be like. I want to do what Luther did. When you're in a church service celebrating the Reformation, when you're at a mission festival, youth rally, when you're with your fellow Christians singing hymns of praise and thanks to God, it's easy to be inspired and to say, yes, I'm going to stand up for Jesus no matter what, even if I'm brought before powerful people who have my life in their hands. But then we know what often happens. Many times... We fail. We talk to our coworker or our neighbor and, and we're thinking to ourselves, how can anyone not believe that Jesus paid for all their sins, that he died and death has been destroyed, heaven is ours, it's such a beautiful message, it's all done for us by God, how can they not believe it? And we share it with them and they don't believe it. But not only do they not believe it, they get hostile. So we're tempted to give up, not to try it again, not 
only not with them, but not with anybody. We're tempted to be quiet. We're tempted to be like Peter, maybe, and even deny knowing our Savior in those situations. So what happened with Peter? That he was willing to try again, even after he failed. That disappointing look of Jesus brought him to recognize what he had done. Brought him to confess his sin. Certainly he felt the guilt even greater as he remembered that he was the one who bragged how strong he was going to be, that he wouldn't deny his Savior no matter what. But he also remembered who Jesus was. He had confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who had come to save. His conscience may have bothered him still until Jesus appeared to him after his resurrection, assured him personally that his sin was forgiven, and assured him that he wanted him to continue to feed his lambs and his sheep. Having confessed his sin and been assured of his forgiveness, he was strengthened and encouraged to keep standing up for Jesus even more boldly than he had been before. It's really the same with us. We all have times when we've been like Peter, when we've given in to fear, when we've given in to peer pressure, when we've been silent instead of standing up for Jesus because we didn't want to take up the cross of pain and suffering for our Savior. Don't excuse yourself, but like Peter, confess your sin, confess that you've given in to the peer pressure, that you've given in to fear, that you've made someone or something more important to you than Jesus and his word. But then, like Peter, remember who Jesus is. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the one who came to save. Come to church and hear the absolution. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Luther teaches us that that's as valid and certain as if that was Jesus standing there. Those are his words. Come and be assured of your forgiveness and God's love at the Lord's Supper. Read the words of Jesus that proclaim, whoever believes in me has eternal life. Read the words the Holy Spirit caused Paul to write. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And like Peter, you will be strengthened to try again. You will be moved to trust what Jesus says, that even if you're brought before powerful people and even if your life is in danger, You'll be enabled to stand up for him and give witness to the truth, whether they listen or fail to listen. That's really what proclaiming the gospel is all about. It's not getting into an argument. It's not getting into a debate. It's simply proclaiming the truth. That's why Jesus can give you that promise. That the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. You, you know them already. You've been hearing and reading and studying God's word most of you all your lives. You know what he says. You've memorized 
many passages. So he promises that when you're in a situation, the Holy Spirit will help you remember those things that you've read and heard and studied and memorized. He wants you to be able to witness to the truth, to proclaim the gospel that we're saved by grace alone through faith in Jesus. It's all his doing, not our doing at all. So when we remember and repeat those things that we've heard and learned from Scripture, it is the Holy Spirit who is speaking, not us. And those who reject what we say haven't rejected us, they've rejected him. Jesus says, watch yourselves. Be on your guard. Living as a Christian and proclaiming the truth of God's word and the truth of the gospel isn't really going to make your life easy. It may often make it harder. It may bring you trouble and persecution. Don't let that stop you or discourage you. Whether it's at work or with a neighbor or a friend or a family member, Continue to stand up for Jesus and proclaim the good news that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes in Christ Jesus. Trust that Jesus is with you as you do that. Trust that the Holy Spirit will help you stand up for Jesus. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We'll join in singing the first two verses.